0: 30 to 10:30 a.m. and really this is a forum that Kelly and I created uh, just to be able to talk about anything leadership just have some real discussions without having to be you know structured in what we do or what we say especially as leaders you know we do that every day in our work life. And uh, so this is really a safe environment and an open environment where you can talk about anything. And of course, naturally, we have leaders of all levels and all experience. So it's a very diverse group. Um, We are going to have a great topic today, which I'll let Kelly introduce in just a few minutes. But I just wanted to go over a few housekeeping pieces here. So, again, we're an official clubhouse and we really encourage you to Follow the clubhouse. You can just click on that little greenhouse at the top. And also encourage you to also follow others that are in the room. And um, then, you know, they can follow you as well. But this is a way to expand your network and to connect with like-minded people. And uh, and then also, I may send an invite to you. You're welcome to come up to the stage. We won't call on you to speak. If You, you can just listen if you'd like. Or you can just stay down in the hallway as well and um, we welcome you uh, to join the discussion share your your uh, insights that's how we all learn from one another Um, we also would ask that uh, if you come up on stage that you just mute yourself mute your mic and if you see them the the mics uh going on and off that's just a way of expressing that you're agreeing with what the the speaker is saying or uh clapping And then there's also a kite at the bottom of the right hand corner and that's a place where you can message us or you can also reach out and dm us as well if you have questions or you'd like to to a topic for the future and um we also have uh recaps of our sessions both recorded and then we also write up a summary with uh also resources as well we do that in substack and also in linkedin so I'm going to turn it over to Kelly so we can get this uh, discussion started. Wonderful. Thank you, Tamra. And I
1: think it's always a nice reminder. Thank you for spending an hour out of your weekend with us. We do um, make sure that this only goes an hour. So we will wrap at 1030 a.m. Um, to make sure everyone can go enjoy their weekend. And I'm really excited about the topic today, which will be talking about leadership style. What is your leadership style? How do you define it? Um, How does it evolve? And I think there's a lot that we could unpack here. And I think it's really important. So we'll talk about why why it's so important, both on your own career, you know, leadership journey, but also as you think about, you know, growth in your future and leaders that you choose to follow. So before we jump in, again, one of my favorite moments, I'm going to do a roundtable. I welcome everyone to participate in this. If you don't want to participate, that is okay. I'll give you a, a few seconds and then move on to the next. But I like to, again, remind us to always look back, reflect on our week. How did it go? What's kind of one word that would summarize how your last week was? And I'll start with Chuck. Good morning, Chuck.
2: Hey, good morning. Um, sorry, I had to come up. Um, I would say some closure or uh, completion, I guess. Um, last week was my last class uh, for my coaching, the second part of my coaching program. So I got maybe a couple other weeks of um you know, some tidying up on the um, on the homework side, or some you know something like that. But um, but yeah, it's um, I've completed my my classroom experience, um, in that part of my journey, and uh, feels pretty good. Nice, Chuck.
1: Congratulations. Yes, congratulations, Thompson.
3: I'm going to go with refreshed. I'm coming off of two weeks of vacation, which was awesome. I spent the majority of that time at Disney World, which was pretty well
0: uh, decorated, both for the celebration and for the holidays. So I'm pretty happy.
1: Wonderful. Well deserved. Gary.
4: You know, I was struggling to find a word. So I'm going to go with average this week. It was just a fairly average week.
1: Hey, that happens. Middle of the road, you know? Um Mako. I got nothing. So you're are you at average different than at below average?
3: I'm just tired. Above
0: average, tired.
1: My kid yeah.
3: Kid woke me up at two o'clock in the morning. Didn't go back to like three thirty, so I'm tired.
0: Yeah. You can I see can... that in your picture, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> R Sorry,
1: I'm not pronouncing your name right.
5: You are. Good morning though. Um, I just joined a couple of minutes ago. Thank you for the invite, Tamara. Um, I'm going to say that this week was productive. I came back and we were, um, I'm training someone new. She did really well. I am proud of um, our accomplishments for this week. And I'm just going to say productive. Fantastic. And welcome for joining us.
0: Welcome, Araceli.
5: Thank you, Tamara.
1: Tamara, what's your word of the week?
0: I would say my word of the week is uh, revitalized. I like I, I feel like I'm starting to see where I can start to get in more innovation and moving my team forward towards some of the goals that we're trying to accomplish. They're a pretty junior team, but uh, I finally have, as I mentioned last week, finally have, I'm fully staffed, so I'm really excited about moving that team forward and starting to do, uh, do great things and, and to sophisticate our process and what we do every day and how we impact the lives we touch.
1: Love it, and I'll wrap up. And I'm gonna be, I think, similar, but I'll, I'll, I'll dig into it in a probably a different way. I'm gonna use tired as well. Um, I had a really busy week, so it was a good kind of tired. It was one of those we had. A, I had a really big presentation on Friday, so it was a lot of work leading up to that. It's always that great moment of coming off of a successful presentation, which I was very happy it went well, but it left me very tired uh, Friday night. So. Um, it was a good week, but tiring. So I look back and uh, I've accomplished a lot, but I'm looking forward to a nice restful weekend to, to recharge and re-energize. So thank you always everyone for participating and sharing your word of the week. Again, I think even for those that listen to the replay or if you share this with others, it's really interesting to keep track of this and think about just even one word that summarizes it. I think it reminds us to always, again, be reflective of what we're experiencing, be it look back for a week, look back every single day at your end of day, um, and then maybe keep track of it, write it down and see what trends you might be uncovering from moments. We always have kind of these peaks and valley moments that happen. You know, it can be in our days, months, years. um, And it's really nice to kind of look back and, and see what you've learned and how you've grown. So. One of my favorite parts of this discussion always is, is taking that moment. So thank you all for participating. With that, I'm going to jump into the topic today. And I took a bunch of different notes and I've, I've looked at this a lot. And, you know, we talk a lot about kind of leadership and growing as leaders and what makes you successful. And I think one of the key topics that, um, that you may hear about or may have hopefully experienced or heard about from your own leaders is understanding leadership style. And there's two lenses, kind of, again, to look through this. One is, what is your leadership style? And then what is the leadership style that you look to admire or follow as you think about taking on positions or joining different teams? So I first want to start with kind of how do you define your own leadership style? And I think this is really important. If you don't know the answer to that question, if someone asked you, what's your leadership style, hopefully this session and and discussion will help unpack that. Um, and I think it's important to, as I give everyone a moment to think about as I open the floor to how do you define your leadership style and how you have approached that in your career, I'll start kind of from my, my two cents to kick us off is I think it's important to understand that leadership style is different from a personality test or your personality traits inherently. They're complementary, they connect, they absolutely feed off of each other But your leadership style is something that really is about understanding who you are as an individual, your strengths and weaknesses, but also what we've talked about frequently in these sessions and these discussions what are your values and how is that then reflected in how you show up, your presence, how you carry yourself, and how you actually inspire and empower your team, be it your direct team or your indirect team. So it's a big topic, as you can see, but I think it's important to understand that this is not just about take a personality test and that's your leadership style that can help, um, inform you and give you something to kind of unpack as you think about leadership, but leadership style is something that is much more also about what you bring into a professional setting and how you really lead others. So I'll pause there. I said a lot, if there's immediate reactions, or if I just open a question to kind of, how have you approached defining your leadership style?
0: Well, I want to start by saying, I think that uh, that leadership uh, style is, is very fluid. You know, there's, there's several different types of, of leadership, as you know, and I, I think it kind of goes back to, I'll state, the art of motivating a group of people to act towards achieving a common goal. And uh, when I think about my leadership style, I, I think about the fact that it ha- it's fluid. It, I have to consider the forum I'm in, the group I'm with. I have to consider their competency, their experience, their competence level, um, you know, how they present themselves as well. And so I will oftentimes uh, tailor my style based upon that. And in defining that, you know, I mean, that could be democratic, that could be you know, transformational, that could be. And there's so many things that go into this, you know, coaching and and, uh, you know, uh Leading, you know, directing, delegating, and there's lots of different pieces of that. But I, my, the core of it is the style depends upon the group that I'm interacting with, both through an influential perspective or from a subordinate perspective.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, a really, really good point, um, Tamra. And I, I do want to hit on what you just started to to list off, which is, and again, to kind of build on how you define your leadership style there are a, a few you started to throw it out so if you just go out and you start to dig into kind of leadership style there's a few that you'll likely come up with I'll list them out really quickly here and again we share re- resources and references in our our recap so I'll include these but if I list off some of the most you know kind of common when you think about leadership styles there's autocratic which is summarized really as do as I say authoritative which is you know following me follow me confidence pace setting, which is ability about keep up, keep up with where I'm going, democratic, how do you see it, coaching, which is asking people to consider, to consider something or asking them to consider an opportunity or solution, affiliative, which is people come first and a laissez-faire, which is really kind of much more the least amount of oversight and letting people kind of figure it out as they go. So I thought, you know, good ground setting because Tamara, you started to hit on a few of the options that are there and there's others. These are just a few that that I saw in there. And I love your point about sometimes you're going to have to take uh, account for you know who is in your team, who is around you, what scenario are you in, and how do you flex the style that's going to be, help them be successful in any given situation as well, depending on where they are in their career and where they are in their journey. Araceli, did you want to uh, chime in? I saw you unmute as well.
5: I did. I wanted to piggyback off what Tamara said. I think uh, attitude and motivation is everything. Um, I think, like she said, depends on your audience or who you are with. You want them to mimic what you're doing because you want them to be successful and you want to be transparent and help them be able to come to you for anything um, and let them see your leadership style so they can follow as well. Leading up is what I call it.
0: And And aerosol just kind of like asking for just asking you to maybe expand on that, can you share in any experiences in which you've been in that situation where you've done uh, where you've led up
5: uh, absolutely um, so I'm new with my company I've been with my company for about six months, and I have um, a lot of experience and the position that I'm currently in um, I have been able to bring ideas and leadership skills to hire up because they're not stepping up to the plate so as one of my mentors told me told me back in the day she said you know if you need to lead up do it with grace do it with um was it wisdom just do not be what's the word um like you're as you're telling them to do it you're you're being a leader by influencing my husband's in the background he's also listening (laughs) by influencing what they do and how they go about uh challenges so to me leading up is taking responsibilities for those challenges and trying to help them uh by not giving them not only the problem but the solution so we can streamline from there
3: You know, I I think one of the hardest things is, you know, in, in leadership is you have to have a really good sense of self-awareness. I I think that's, that's the thing that I, I, you know, I would throw in on because, you know, I've always tried to be very authentic to my personality. So lots of times in meetings, and there's several on here who've been in meetings with me, they'll know I'll, I'll try to throw a sense of humor into it because, you know, I actually think it is a tension breaker in a, in a room, but also I'm just weird and just I have a perverse sense of humor sometimes with some of these things. So, but but the thing is, like I have noticed when I've had people in my orgs try to emulate that type of behavior, it doesn't really work, you know, and or it comes off as being inauthentic, or you know, vice versa. I'll be in in meetings with people that are way above me in in terms of you know where they are in an organization, and they say a lot of things and they try to come off as it being part of their authentic self, but you can easily tell that it is not, you know, they're just saying words for saying words and, you know, you have to just sort of gauge, you know, the room a little bit to what you're saying, but also, you know, I think the big thing is just really trying to be true to yourself. Um, You know, just having a a tremendous amount of self-awareness. I think this is, is very, very important.
1: Yeah, I think it's such an important point that, that you make. Um, Mako, we've talked a lot about, you know, I think that's such a, a critical point of leadership no matter what the topic is, which is really about authenticity and showing up as your true self. And I think that's where, you know, as I talked about before, you know, personality tests can actually be a lot of fun, but they can also be kind of helpful in that regard, is to understand some of your strengths and, and weaknesses. You know, strength finders kind of a, a blended personality test that you can take to understand kind of who you are, how you think, you know, if you want some of the some of that clarity, but I think at the end of the day, you know, your your leadership style needs to be, you know, very much in line with with who you are, or understanding where you need to augment. And I think you know, well,
6: well consultants- just on that, I'll, I'll,
3: give, I'll right. give a concrete, I'll give a give a concrete example. Like I was in a meeting this week, and you know, the team was late on delivering something by like two days or something like that. It, you know, it wasn't really a big deal, but like people around me were freaking out. You know, just like, yeah, oh, you know, we're late, blah, 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 and People are gonna have to work, and you know, I kind of just sat back and I listened to it all, and you know. Obviously, I'm, I'm new to my current organization, so they don't know me that well yet. But like, you know, Kelly, you know me. And, you know, so they got through it all. And I just asked, I said, so who died? You know, just very deadpan, very flat. And everyone's like, well, n- no one. I'm like, well, were, were there any like requirements on this thing? And of course, there, there really weren't. And when you step back and you throw something like that out, you realize that people freak out about like things that are really not that important. And I think, it, you know, for me, you know, throwing out who died on, you know, because we, you know, missed an API by two days, and there's really no functional requirements around a lot of the stuff. It's like, you know, it's kind of level sets the room, but I can, I can totally tell you that if you try to emulate that in certain settings, that would not go over very well. But, you know, it's just, um, you know, you kind of got to lead, you know, lean into what your own abilities are. And, you know, I I don't know, it's, uh, but I, but I do, I do tend to think. You know being your authentic self is very important, and that is a very hard journey to discover.
5: I do have a comment. I think that's true what you talked about um being true to yourself, and I think that's where I strive is I'm a very positive person, I'm a very driven person, and when you have a leadership that is probably not like that and not addressing. Uh, the issues that need to be addressed because they don't know how to lead, I think that this is an opportunity for them to say, hey, why don't I delegate this task to you? Um, Use your people. And I think that's where when you talk about leading up, I think as leadership, you need to do that. You need to use your people's strengths. And in our field, (laughs) we can't say so who died because most likely someone did. Right, Tamara? (laughs)
3: Yeah, I would yeah. imagine if you're, you're in healthcare, you probably don't want to say that.
0: No, but what I can say is nobody dies from the stuff we do because we're not directly in there taking care of people. There's other people doing that. So it's still, I think, relevant uh, to what you said in terms of, you know, there's not a fire, you know, the sky is not falling. And I think it's very important as a leader to really sit back and really let people emote for a moment, listen, listen. And then once they get that out, that's when you can recalibrate everybody and help them really see the bigger picture, and that maybe this is not something that needs all that attention. And then they and then they learn from that opportunity because of because of the way you dealt with it.
3: Yeah, I think, and I threw this into the newsletter this week, but the, the whole thing—if you watch that video I posted in there about active listening, like that was—that's a super powerful one, and really just like you know, kind of tactics for for active listening versus passive listening and or you know the actual act of listening and what that you know what that can actually do is, is i thought that was super interesting and i've been definitely trying to, to to use more on it but you know to to your point i think you know when when you throw out the who died especially the software development situation like really at the end of the day if you're two days late on a feature no one's really going to remember that in two years but if you deliver a great product at the end that's what they remember Right. They don't, you know, or you know, if they, or if you, it's a like, you know, the project itself is a cataclysmic failure. People forget about it after a couple. You know, it's not like, you know, I always joke to that point. like We're not saving lives. We're you know building websites.
6: So,
1: yeah, and again, yeah, and what just, that's doing is showing I, is showing a you know it's it's reflecting make not only how you, how you shift in those situations or show up and diffuse tension potentially, but also ultimately what you're doing is is you're reinforcing as a leader what you actually care about. And reinforcing to your team, you know, also how they can actually deal with crisis situations, but also understand what is a true crisis and how do you navigate it and how do you course correct, but not blow everything out of proportion, which is ultimately going to create an intense amount of stress and hope, overhead and tension to your team that's not yeah, stable. And,
3: and I'll throw out a great book one. I'm sorry, I've been, I'm about halfway through it now, but I got recommended this book called Essentialism. I'll send you a link so you can put it in there. I don't know if you've, ever, if you've read that one or not, but it's really great about really trying to focus on and only um, give yourself permission, I guess, to, to stop doing everything and stop saying yes to everybody, but really just focus on the right things, not all the things.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's great. Thank you. I was just going to tag on uh, also just, and I, I think you articulated very well, Kelly, but I was just going to say that in those situations that you shared me, it was that is is that uh, when your team is unsure what to do, a deadline was missed, whatever's happening, right? You know, they're looking to you as a leader, like, what what, what is the leader going to do? Are they going to be upset? Are they going to see this as a failure? Are they going to, what are they going to do? So they're watching you. So in that moment to be able to be calm and 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 like you say, course correct, is extremely powerful in in teaching them how to grow professionally as well. So I just wanted to kind of tag on to that.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's a, again a really good point. And you know, as I as I shift this a little bit, I think there's a, a point that and I, I love what everybody's kind of hit on here, which is you know, understanding the different styles and then flexing your styles based on, on the situation. I think there's also an opportunity of, again, um, you know, uh, building on the, the flexing style where, you know, what you may look for in a leader, right, might be the same or different from what your team needs from you as a leader. Um, and, you know, my my example is, you know, I am a very autonomous you know, the individual in my team. So I like to have a lot of room to think and try new things and map my path and get my work done and pull teams together. But there are some people who, you know, even in a new role, as I'm building a new team right now, they want a lot more connection. They want a lot more time to to talk, to brainstorm as we're kind of forming a team. And I have to adjust my style where I normally wouldn't gravitate to you know a lot of a lot of discussions or a lot of meetings or coming together and i would kind of want more space and maybe even more infrequent connections my team might need something different again so if i look for a leader i may not want the micromanagement very authoritative leader who wants to kind of dictate how things are done because that doesn't resonate with what i value um, but there's going to be times where you have to take pieces of what it is that you strive for as a leader so as we talk about leadership style I love that we've kind of talked a lot about both managing our teams, how we show up in our teams, um, how we manage up, but also how you actually see what it is that you value in what your leader brings to the table. And this is a really important point, especially as, and I'll, I'll do a, a shout out again to, to Mako's newsletter this week, which is, you know, when you're making decisions about, you know, taking on a new role or moving into a new team or a different organization or making career changes to further your growth you know, some of the, the biggest deciding factors are, you know, who you're working with. And I think that's a great write-up about that specifically, you know, in addition to the work you're doing, but can be far more important and impactful. And definitely your leader can be one of the most important factors to your success and your, your fulfillment within a role. So understanding how to get insight into their style and have a conversation like this with them. What is your leadership style? What does it mean to show up in these ways? And what answers are you looking for that validate this alignment or an opportunity to learn from that individual? So I do want to poise it kind of as a question, which is, you know, how have you navigated that? And maybe this is something for folks that have been on like a job hunt or started new roles. I can add my own two cents, although I'm working for the same leader that I've worked with before. Um, But how have you navigated trying to unpack the style of your leader as you've gone through Changes within teams or professionally if you've moved into different roles.
0: Nobody
1: I was
6: hoping that ever, it, no, no, I w- I no was one has that ever changed roles.
1: <laughs>
3: no one has ever changed roles ever.
1: <laughs> Doesn't happen.
3: It's like a it's like a continuous cycle you know, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a hard question, right? You know, it's like, I find even going into new roles, you tend to go back into old habits, right? You know, you, you know, I've been, you know, as I've been going through some things uh, with new new roles recently, um, you know, I really sat down with the, um, you know, that 30, 60, 90 day framework really kind of, you know, highlighted some things out. I am really trying hard to, to to listen more, as I mentioned, and just kind of kind of pivot onto, um you know, what the, you know, this particular organization needs versus, you know, what I think they need. Um, but, you know, I will say this, you know, one of the generic things I always do with that is like you got to build relationships. And that that's the number one thing. So like my first month is just like something that I normally don't do, but it's like hundreds of one-on-one meetings, right? You're just trying to meet everybody, listen to them, hear what they have to have to say, let them vent, let it, you know, let them get out, you know, learn things about them. I, you know, I always kind of find out like crazy fun things that, um, uh, you know, that they're into their hobbies and I don't know, it helps brew more personal connections, but, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think if you're going to something new, you you want to lens in maybe either what went right or went wrong, you know, previously. And uh, you know, just try to exemplify those things that went right and continue to build on.
1: them. And I'm gonna ask a follow-up question, Mako, because I know you are in a new role. Um, and I'll have I have my own two cents that I can add to mine as you've navigated that as a leader yourself coming in and getting to know you know, your direct team as well as, you know, team members and stakeholders and, and different folks that you're working with, how has it been, you know, really learning the style of your new leader? So you're in a, a new role and you're working with someone that you may or may not have known before you took this role. And how are you navigating even kind of figuring out that work relationship again, because that's such a, an important point. And it's, it's definitely one of those ones that evolves over time as we kind of figure out, again, what our leaders look for, what does success look for, as well as what we learn from them as we've taken on new opportunities?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Um, every role is different. Every company is different. Every leader is different. You know, I've, I've worked for leaders that are micromanagers and I've worked for leaders that, that, you know, kind of let you go. And, you know, I think in, you know, this particular role I'm in right now, I have a lot of autonomy to, to do a lot of things that, you know, I normally have had out of my control, which is great. So, you know, in fact, actually, I don't actually really get a lot of time with my boss right now, you know, which, which is kind of interesting. I think, you know, he's been traveling and frankly, I started at my new role five weeks ago. I probably haven't talked to him in two and a half weeks and, you know, I'm just navigating it though. You know, I'm, I'm at a level where I kind of know what I need to go do. And, uh, you know, having the autonomy to do that, but to build the relationship on it, I just to sort of give, give a tip of something, you know, or at least I I try to do, you know, you know, in a meeting at one point, with a bunch of people, something came out and like his motorcycle helmet was in the background or something like that. And then when I when I had my next one on one with him, I I asked him, I said, so so, you know, so you ride, you know, you ride motorcycles, right? And I, I could instantly see sort of a spark. You know, hit like, oh, do you ride? I'm like, nope, <laughs> I know nothing about motorcycles except that I probably kill myself on one. But you know, it's uh, but like, it got him to really just open up and just talk about his hobby and his collection of antique motorcycles and repairing motorcycles and all these types of things. And you know, to me, it just helps build a relationship. You know, and it's like I, I'm I I try to be very observant of things that I see in the zoom backgrounds of people. You know, whether it's personal uh, things that they're interested in. Uh, hobbies. You know, this is why I love the the virtual work at home thing is you can kind of see the environment and the things that they love because they surround themselves with those things. So um, I don't know. I always try to like, you know, look for those cues, even with my, you know, my team, uh, people that report to me, I'll share things like my crazy coin collection or cards or whatever I got sitting in front of me on my desk right now, just to like kind of break the ice a little bit. But I think, you know, establishing some personal connections with stuff, um, I mean, that's how i I know you're you're you know you lead the uh the Disney choir, you know, so
1: yeah, again, and it's like it goes back to what you said much earlier, which was you know again, it's about authenticity, and that's about us showing up as who we are authentically, but that's also us you know being active in in reaching out and trying to understand who the people are that we work with and I think you brought up a really good point about you know your your leader. And not not talking to your leader for you know probably two weeks, um because I think that's something that you know again it's all about understanding what we need as individuals, what helps us be successful, but then also learning learning new skills because for some folks, that might sound really uncomfortable um it might sound like that's really crazy. how why haven't I talked to my leader in two weeks i i but to your point, like in that moment, you're just navigating and you're figuring it out, and you're out building relationships and having conversations and you don't need, you know, permission or guidelines to go do that. And I think that's a really important skill for any leader to learn at any level, which is how do you navigate with minimal to no direction? Um, and at some point as you move up, especially in your career, that's that's a big part of, of success. And, you know, I was reading a little bit, you know, too, about about leadership styles and leadership leading up to this conversation this week. And you know that was a a big part of it is if you think about where we've all had probably moments where we felt like we haven't been advancing in our career as fast as we would like to, and the the question might be well I'm I'm really good at whatever I do from a a, a subject matter expertise or functionally I'm a really good engineer I'm a really good project manager I'm a really good fill in the blank whatever it is that you do. But what is the other aspect of how you show up, your leadership style, how you navigate ambiguity, how you figure things out? That these are all the skill sets that technically fall into almost that soft skills category that can really hold us back and create a ceiling for us. So, you know, when we talk about leadership style, it's one of the points I wanted to remind is I think Mako, to your point, is it's navigating. You know, without a lot of direction from your leader, it's authentically connected connect with the people that are around you to meet, build those relationships that will ultimately lead to team success in the future. You know, but also really pa- practicing that muscle of all of these different skill sets and these styles and the way that you show up and how you carry yourself that help define who you are as a leader, and ultimately can open doors for you as you continue to grow in your career. Um, So again, as we think about it from both of those, the why it matters, it matters for success of leading your actual team, but it really matters the success of your continued growth uh, in your career as well.
0: So I wanted to tag onto that because I can absolutely relate to this. I am in a role where I have a a very hands-off, uh, boss as well. And I, I guess I would call them laissez faire and it's probably not really, truly laissez faire. They're just this, this guy's super busy. He just doesn't have a lot of time. And, and I, I will share that the day I started my job seven months ago, I walked in the door and no one met me and I had a key to my office. (laughs) I went up and opened the door and, uh, and I think the the whole thing is is in terms of going into new roles like that. It's first of all, I always know that I'm going to build the role as I as as I move through you know my role there. A lot of times, you know, it it doesn't have structure, and there isn't a lot of structure as we're talking about here. But I think you know for. Um, for a leader stepping into a new role like that. I agree with the finding common ground in terms of developing and building relationships, which is absolutely number one, listening a lot, learning what's going on, trying to find out what the culture is. But you all, it also really would depend a lot upon your previous level of confidence, of experience, of um knowing knowing the, the work you're leading. And that can really vary from somebody who's more entry level versus somebody who's been an executive levels. Like I was an executive level, then I came back down to a director level, senior level. So it's it's about I think just being um you know being confident and being able to do that. I, I think somebody who didn't have that would not do well in this structure. I have yet to have a one-on-one with my with my superior in seven months but i'm okay with that and i and i have told him before if i call you because i don't call you often and i don't meet with you if i call you i need you just respond to me but he also trusts me and knows that i am a competent experienced seasoned leader and i know what i'm doing i know what i was hired to do I, you know I, I looked at i i know that because i've been doing this for so so long but i i think there's just different different approaches depending on where you are as a leader in terms of what you're doing or even if you're going into something new and maybe you're not um, as experienced and you need a little bit more guidance or support and um, to to make those point is is trying to make some connection or even meeting with your leads if you don't have that that level of confidence or or experience is is also checking in with them to ask them you know how do they like to communicate with you? Or, um, you know, if you need them, what's the best way to to reach out or to, to somehow articulate what, type of support you need or how they like to support you so that you and the other thing I would share is uh, I had a coach one time say you know think about you know you want to always think about like where your boss's head is what's your boss trying to accomplish what are their goals what what kind of pressure points are they getting and how can you help support that process so I know that was a lot of information I threw out there but that's just some of my perspective that ties a lot into that laissez-faire sort of hands-off Leadership style that you might be under versus somebody I've also been under autocratic leaders, which I really, really don't like authoritative or autocratic because I'm like you, Kelly. I need to have um, a lot of autonomy and I am very much an innovator. I need to have space to create and I always look for ways to do things better and I like to have my team be part of that. And so, um, you know, I'm pretty clear about what style I like, I'm pretty clear about. Who i want to work for and and what type of work i want to do but it takes a lot of time to your point Mako, it takes a lot of time to learn that about yourself by being in different leadership roles and being in different environments and working with different people self-awareness self-regulation emotional intelligence uh, you know social intelligence and and working through those things to really get to that point I'm ch- i'll turn the mic back
4: over
6: yeah i just I kind of want to piggyback off of what Tamara said because I think it's it's so it's it's really insightful. Um, and in fact, I, I was recently in a position here at at Disney, the same uh, company that Kelly and a couple other folks uh, are at. Um, and I was asked to interview for um, for a role with a different branch of the company um, outside of the Disney Plus team. And one of the questions that I was really encouraged to ask by my mom of all people who's been a lifelong HR executive um, and I just I think it's so useful is when they turn the questioning over to me and say Brandon do you have anything you'd like to ask us if you were to transition here one of the questions that I ask since you're meeting with the leaders of different teams that you're interfacing with is for the role that I am currently discussing with you what how do you how would you like to see me add value in the short, medium, and long term? Because in in many ways, you know, that informs what day one looks like, at least in my experience. So if you know that you have key stakeholders that you're going to be working with uh, for the foreseeable future, you can sort of get into that day one mindset of, I already know what each of these leaders needs from my specific role. And now it becomes... Day one, I'm going to, to the best of my ability, put a foundation in place where I can begin sort of architecting the short-term value, the near-term value, and then the long-term. So I have a rough prioritization list. Um, but more importantly, you know, I also ask, what type of personality would you like to see inhabit this role? And I I have a very... Um, A very sort of loose style when I'm interfacing with teams. I want everybody to go in knowing that we are first and foremost all human beings. We're all pushing towards the same objective. Um, and that anytime I come to them to discuss work or deliverables that it's all in good faith. I'm not coming to, you know, start conflicts to, uh, or to, to, uh, to cast aspersions, to place blame. Um, but I think that by asking You know, in these, in the interview process, the, these team leaders, how can I, how can I provide value to you and your team? How can I enable your team? Um, it it starts off on a very human note. And what I found is as I've gone through the different stages of this process, um, the interviewee, excuse me, the interviewers are very, very (laughs) eager to, to dive into that. And to me, that sets a great precedent from the outset because You start at a collaborative level versus, you know, I'm the new person on the team and then I have to figure out how these teams want to engage with me and and work with me. So just a thought.
1: Yeah, Brennan, I love all of that. And I think, you know, as we were talking about before, you know, when you're thinking about different roles and you're trying to assess, you know, what does success look like? I think the two questions that you listed are are great examples of not only understanding and getting that lens on what priorities, you know, what day one looks like versus future. You know, I think it's also really interesting because I'm sure based on that question, it's a really great way of gleaning approach, right? When we talk about style, because I could imagine if I had somebody tell me the answer to that, if I asked that question for a role, and broke down a detailed list of all the things that have to be accomplished, you know, in the next 30, 60, 90, beyond days, that tells me a lot about their style. Versus if I have someone come to me and, and the roles that I generally go towards, which is, you know, I think we have an opportunity to go after, you know, this big growth or transform our organization in this way, but there's not a lot of definition, it means that I have a lot of room to define what that role needs to be, which is what I gravitate towards. So I think you know, those are good good questions. I think for for folks listening to this to to ask some questions that feel very relevant to the role, but can really help you not only get clarity on what success looks like, but also start to understand how the folks you're interviewing with how they think, how they how they're processing information, how they're approaching it, and again, what their actual leadership style may be. So you can then understand does this feel like a, a complementary opportunity where I'm going to be learning something that we're going to be successful, even to your second question, really about kind of personality, again, going back to kind of style and what do you expect for this? What resonates? What works? What is the team culture like and how do we mesh? These are some questions that are a bit more specific beyond what is your leadership style? What is the culture of the team, which, you know, we can sometimes get questions or answers to that that are just not quite as as helpful or insightful as asking something in a way that that you framed it around thinking about those near, mid, and long-term opportunities.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna. You know, this reminds me of some of the conversations that I've had going through the interview process, um, and you know what Mako posted this morning about you know who you work with, um, and that really is something that is extremely important to me. And I think about like when I first started in my uh, current company and how I mean just the the leadership team that I worked with was amazing. Um, the director provi- provided the um, the support um, that I was looking for. Um, they provided the um, the partnership, I guess I was looking for. Um, and I've asked questions in interviews, you know, even if it's like the the hiring manager or maybe a peer relationship, you know, what are you looking for in this kind of relationship? What's been successful for you in the past? Um, and just trying to get a good vibe for how they communicate, how they how they want to interact with people. And does that sync up with how, you know, what I'm looking for in those kind of relationships?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with that that perspective. And again, a way that you can talk about it and ask very specific questions to help understand uh,
0: perspective and approach. I was just going to say, too, I think that uh, tagging into all this, you know, when you are in the interviewing process or looking for a new job, it's like really contemplating, how do you answer the question? What is your leadership style?
4: You know, it's something
0: that, you know, you, you know, it, it, you think, oh, it's no big deal. I can just answer it. I do, you know, I, I have, I'm approachable. I have an open door policy or whatever, but you know, how do you really answer that question in an interview that is gonna articulate what what they're gonna see as you, uh, from you as a leader? And there's lots of different ways, you know, to do that. A lot of this, you know, we, you know, you want to define what your leadership style is first, be thinking about that. And if you really don't know what your leadership style is, um, you want might want to ask people who who know you what your leadership style is, or think of leaders that that you respect and, and what is it you respect about them. And then I think it's also important to have an arsenal of stories uh, to be able to give examples of, of the different, um, styles that you may articulate, you know, which are many of the ones you mentioned earlier, Kelly, um, that you can share that demonstrates how you think as a leader and what your leadership style is.
3: Yeah. And I think it's important on that. I got two things. Like one, I think it's important on that not only to show successes, but show failures and show how you've learned from those failures. Um, But I would also say, Kelly, another great topic, I think for, um, you know, maybe a future time is, you know, questions you should ask during an interview. I think that's a really good one, Um, you know, so like for me, I know when I was, I must have talked to 40 companies when I was going through my last search and I have a very definitive list of things that, you know, I, I will ask them very important things These even try to discern the culture, the leadership styles there, all those types of things, you know, so I I think that's probably a great topic to, to throw on the, throw on the, throw on the pile.
6: Yeah. And I would just add as sort of a, to put a bow on, on what Mako was just discussing, um One of the things that I did when I moved to my current role was i I then enrolled in grad school here uh, in New York City at columbia um and I chose the program because i I took a step back and I said to myself I'm coming into a new role in which um, I'm doing well, but I know at my core that there are gaps in my leadership style I'm very operationally minded I tend to get in the guts of things um Somebody used the term um I think it was a prioritization term, uh, essentialism. And I realized that what I lacked was the ability to distill what was truly essential to the success of my teams um, versus the day-to-day minutiae. I was still getting clogged up in it. And so uh, one of the reasons I chose the program that I did is because there were a few great courses, one specifically on a concept called strategic advocacy. Um, and it's sort of the understanding of, uh, interpersonal dynamics within an enterprise corporation like Disney, but it also focuses on um, number one, understanding leadership styles as it pertains to tolerance for ambiguity. Um, I had a very strong tolerance for ambiguity, but what I realized in in sort of evaluating myself within the framework of the course was that I was unconsciously assigning that same uh, particular skill, to everybody that I worked with um, and it wasn't malicious. It was just, you was, it was just a, an unconscious assumption. Um, so I started to really assess, you know, how can I break out of that mindset? Um, and more specifically, um, how can I start to uh, solicit feedback and, and open-ended dialogue with uh, all of these new teams I'm managing in a way that is very much based on Listening to how they would prefer to work, how they feel uh, they would be most productive, um, and then you know altering my style as I went. Um, and I would still say to this day, it's not perfect, um, but I, I I found such tremendous value in it, and it's something that applies I think to really anybody in a leadership role. So I would encourage anybody to check it out. It's um, there is the tolerance for ambiguity. It's a uh, it's a case study. Um, and then there is the Oregon method of questioning, which I've also found useful, a more open-ended discussion method for hosting large uh, large team calls that that facilitates open dialogue versus answering questions. Um, so just putting that out there.
0: That is so incredibly powerful, Brennan. That, thank you for sharing that. I think that that is that. There was so much wisdom and so much insight in what you shared, and and those resources will be invaluable to anybody because it's always about continuing to to seek growth, to be super self aware, to you know to be vulnerable and humble, you know, with your teams and with other people you're working with. Um, just, I, I was so impressed with what you shared. That's so insightful, and thank you for that. I really appreciate it
6: yeah my pleasure
1: yeah and i i will I will just echo that. Thank you for sharing it because i again, I think it is very natural that we we just assume that everyone operates the way that we do, everybody thinks the way that we do, everybody wants to be led the same way that we want to be led, and I think you know it's two part it's it's doing the work as leaders to to understand where we have gaps because we all do, so understand where we have gaps and where we continue to grow and how we can continue to learn and evolve as leaders. And then I think, you know, i give the reminder as well is that, you know, you, as you are working for another leader, we talked a lot about, I think ambiguity is just a very common thing that we're all going to experience. And some of us may really seek that, right? And thrive in that. And I think, to you know, Brandon, you mean your example, you may thrive in that, but then you may... Expect that everybody else just does the same. And I did the same thing. I just assume everybody else is comfortable or should learn how to navigate in this way. But it's really important to not only understand what your team may need that might be different, and what tools can you leverage to really understand that, but also give yourself permission to know that if you need something different, how to have that conversation with your leader. You know, and I gave the example that I'm forming a new team right now. And for some of my team, they're stepping into new roles. They're at new levels and new responsibility. It's, it's very uncomfortable. They're going through a lot of growth right now. And they're excited about it, but it's it's stretching them in ways that they're not used to right now. And for them to be able to say to me, you know, I just need extra time with you. I just need to spend some more time to talk with you, to brainstorm with you, to understand how you think, where we're going That's something that I need to hear then to say, okay, yes, reminder, I need to make more time to adjust my style to what it is that you need to be successful so that I'm investing in your growth as well. So I would give that reminder for everyone that, you know, we also have, we talk a lot about, you have a lot of control, probably more control than you actually give yourself credit for, for your career, for your life. And if something's not working, have a conversation. Find the tools that'll help you, but also be comfortable asking your leader for what you need. And if you're finding yourself also looking for different opportunities, be okay also making sure. And I think to Mako's point, I love your idea of the questions asked in an interview. Make sure that you're you're actually finding the the organization, the role, and the leader that resonates with you. So if you want someone who does operate in a little bit different way, maybe they're a bit more hands on, or maybe they communicate value in different ways that much more aligns with what you need to be successful understand that about yourself and seek the individuals that are going to help you be successful versus assuming you should just want the same thing that everyone else does because we're all we're all unique individuals and we all need different things and we
0: should embrace that All right. I mic dropped us.
1: Um, We have about three minutes left. And again, it's Saturday morning. So I want to say thank you for everyone spending an hour of your time. We will share this recap. I do want to ask if there's any last comments or, again, anything that you would want to share as you consider leadership style, defining your leadership style, what you've learned. Or even, again, we've had some great resources get thrown out here. If there's something that really worked for you Um, Or if there's a resource that you might be looking for, you know, happy to you know do a shout out here and we'll follow up offline. But any other immediate kind of closing thoughts or ideas or resources anyone would like to share before we close out today?
4: Yeah, I'd like to sort of call out on the feedback um, loops. Make sure that you get feedback from people outside of your maybe immediate business unit and those people that you may deal with occasionally. Um, I just went through uh, a round of getting some 360 degree feedback and it was very interesting to see how people within my business unit saw me as opposed to those people outside of the business unit. Um, there were definitely things that I need to change uh, to deal with those people outside um, because it, it was apparent they really didn't understand where I was coming from. The, the, the main theme was very authentic, um, but the people outside my business unit saw me as unbending. Um, whereas the people inside saw me as uh, very collaborative and, and could work with me. So I think it's very important to cast the net wide when, when you're looking for feedback. I
6: think that's and, so great, yeah.
4: Yeah, thanks, Brandon. And and the other thing I was going to call out was when um, Mako was talking about moving to a boss who's maybe not as proactive at communications. Um, I went through that a couple of years ago. And it, it, it was a bit tough for me going from Mako, who is is very present um, and, and um, you know, gives some great advice to somebody who I only sort of meet with, you know, once every couple of weeks or once a month. And it took me a while to realize if if she was unhappy, she would let me know. And, uh, you know, I just had to become comfortable with um, just knowing that she trusted me to get the job done. And uh, it it took a while to become comfortable with that. But um, in the end, it worked out and we got a great relationship.
6: Just to quickly tie a bow on what Gary was saying, I think it's a wonderful point. I have gotten in the habit of including for, you know, my weekly cadences with Teams, you know, scrums, so on and so forth, um, an anonymous sort of Google feedback form at the end so that I'm getting, Constant feedback as to how I could be uh, more respectful of time on meetings, how I could, uh, you know, derive more value for other teams on the calls that I host. And I think most crucially, um, and Gary was kind of alluding to this. I want feedback from people at every level on the teams that I interface with or that that join my calls, because uh, what I found over time was that. Feedback from executives uh, that I've received is generally quite good, but it's often uh, bottom line driven. So if we get something done, the feedback is good. Um, but there is also a whole other uh, school of thought that says that just because we got something done and the business unit at the highest level, or the C-suite level is pleased, um, that does not necessarily uh, cascade downwards as to insofar as how we got there. And and what kind of load and burden and stress would be put on the people who uh, were looking at things more granularly day to day versus we hit all of our high level uh, milestones and deliverables. So just a thought.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great one. And it goes back to you know managing up. We can't always manage up and our, our, our executives may be very happy because you're right, Brandon, they're, we're, uh, we're delivering. But you know, what does the success look like across our teams and, and what can we continue to learn? Um any closing comments I'll make a you on un, on un, un, unmuted if there's something you want to add and then we'll close out.
3: Oh, that was probably an accident.
1: <laughs> All good. Um okay, with that, I do want to give a shout out that we are going to be um off next weekend. We're gonna be traveling. So you will have a break. I'll share on LinkedIn as always. So if you don't follow me on LinkedIn, or Tamara, I recommend you do. We'll always kind of share recaps on there, reminders. And when we have weeks off, um, we'll be back. I don't know the date off the top of my head, but it will be the second weekend of November um, to reconvene. And if you have a topic in addition to what we had recommended today from Mako, thank you. Uh, just shoot me a note, message us within here or on LinkedIn. And with that, Tamara, do you have
0: a quote to close us out? Yeah, I just wanted to say we'll be back on November 13th, same time, 930, and hope you will all be there to join us. So I have a quote from David Goldman. Excuse me, Daniel Goldman. Um, The best leaders don't know just one style of leadership. They're skilled at several and have the flexibility to switch between styles as the circumstances dictate, which I think was very well articulated today. So thank you, everybody, once again, for being here and taking time out to share your wisdom, your experience, your practical tips for success. And we look forward to talking to everybody again on November 13th. So mark your calendars and invite...